What's going on, everybody? I'm Dylan Patemri, and welcome back to the finale of season one of Top Shelf. Now, I know it's been a while since the end of the season, and even more since my last episode, but I'm finally back for us to wrap up the end of the 2021 NHL season. This will be the last episode of season one, but do not fear because I will have season two premiering released tomorrow. Um, in that one, I will be really, and then after that one, I will be releasing two more episodes, one for Thursday and one more for Sunday. So we got four episodes coming out in the next week, going to be a lot of content to go through. Um, tomorrow's episode is going to be my mock draft for the Seattle Kraken. Now, obviously, all the protection lists and all that. I'll get into that to, in next episode tomorrow, um, kind of talking through the protection list. Thursday's episode will be reviewing the Kraken's draft, which will be due on Wednesday um, for the Seattle Kraken to do. And then I'll do my mock draft for the 2021 NHL entry draft, which occurs on Friday and Saturday. And then Sunday will be my evaluation of the NHL entry draft, any trades and stuff like that going into signing contracts and then free agency. But without any further ado, let's hop right on in to the final episode of season one of Top Shelf. All righty. So obviously the season has come to a conclusion and the Tampa Bay Lightning are once again back-to-back champions. Um, obviously very well deserved for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, I mean, you can say what you want. It helped that they kind of finagled the system by going over the cap limit just a bit by having Nikita Kucherov, who was on IR the entire season, um, and then bringing Steven Samkos back just in time. They're going to run into cap issues this summer. They're going to have to make some moves. They're probably going to hope the Seattle Kraken take one of um, their bigger players to take off a contract. Um, like Tyler Johnson, he's got a pretty big contract and probably not worth it. Um, you got guys like Yanni Gord and Andre Palat who might get taken. Um, but let's talk about the team. Um, they were very solid all around. Everyone knew the Tampa Bay Lightning were going to be really good. They were probably the favorites coming in. Um in the beginning of the season to win the whole thing. Um, <clears throat> Vasilevsky, Andre Vasilevsky, he's one of the best goalies in the league. He's phenomenal. Uh, his stats in the playoffs, he went 16 and seven, had a 0.937 save percentage, which was the best in the playoffs, and a 1.9 goals against, which was second in the playoffs. And he led the playoffs with five shutouts. Now he won the con Smythe for the MVP of the playoffs, obviously so. He was phenomenal. Um, you can say all you want about all the other Lightning and how stacked their roster is, but Vasilevsky deserves all the credit. He is a phenomenal goalie. He, You could probably call him the best goalie in the league. Back-to-back, played every single game in the playoffs this year and last year. Um, he's, he's basically the main reason why they're there. If he wasn't there they would have to go full offense and he's just phenomenal. Not, not enough could be said about him. Obviously there's other guys on the team too, like Nikita Kucherov who only played the playoffs this season 
Um, although he did impress uh, eight goals and 24 assists for 32 points, which 32 points led the Tampa Bay Lightning and the entire uh, NHL in the playoffs. And so did his 24 assists led both the NHL and Lightning, obviously. Another guy who really stepped up and has really risen to fame and stardom is Braden Point. Braden Point had 14 goals and nine assists and 23 points. Uh, he led his team in goals and uh, Point, Point's just been phenomenal. He came up last year, last couple years, and really has established himself as a number one center. Um, there's no doubt he'll be getting a very good contract. Um, Braden Point is fully deserving of it. A number one line center. Uh, Steven Samkos played second to him, which says a lot because they don't even have Stamkos. People said Stamkos can't lead uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning when uh, they lost the cup in, I believe, 2012 it was. Yeah, they lost the um, Stanley Cup then, and people were saying that he's not going to be able to lead um, a team to he's not a real captain but look at him now back to back obviously it's great for them that they got to win it in front of their fans last year with COVID they were in the bubble it was nice for them to win it in game five at home didn't sweep the Canadians but the key to this lightning was also their lethal power play their power play accounted for 30 percent of their goals in the playoffs um, and their power play went 32.6%, which was ranked third in the playoffs. And then also on top of that, they had a solid penalty kill, which was at a rate of 84.1%. Very, very solid. Anything above like 80 is good. And anything above like 20, 25 is good for a power play. So above average, phenomenal in both of those. They didn't have an easy route either. It's not like they were just gifted a route to the Stanley Cup. They had to play the Florida Panthers, who gave them a really tough time. Panthers obviously were without Ekblad, but they went seven games against them. They had to face the Carolina Hurricanes, who were one of the younger, more like very fast-paced teams, kept up with them. Then there was the New York Islanders, who had Semyon Varlamov, who was just getting hot in net. Islanders, a very good defensive team, very gritty um, we're able to get past them. And then obviously the Montreal Canadiens, who are a dark horse, but played phenomenal in the playoffs. Now we can't forget about the Montreal Canadiens and what a good fight they put up in this year's playoffs. Obviously losing in five games, but it was a pretty tight, uh, tight um, matchup between them and the Lightning was not high scoring. They did not get blown out. Um they made it all the way to the cup final. I, I said at the beginning of the playoffs that I really like this Canadian team and that they were my dark horse to win the Stanley Cup, and they almost got there. Um, I knew with, they hit a phenomenal start to the season, fell off, but I knew that they could just find that little extra kick and make it. Obviously, Carey Price, the main man, um, he was on fire. He put up a 13-9 record, which is all right. But the, the biggest thing is that they get through it and that they get through to the next round. And he had a 0.924 save percentage and 2.28 goals against. Other players for the Canadians who really stepped up this playoffs, Nick Suzuki, one of their young centers. Uh, he was their first line center, stepped up, leading the team in points with 16. But also Cole Caulfield, who came in 
uh, played only a couple seasons at the end of the, or excuse me, only played a couple of games at the end of the season. Um, didn't make the uh, a lineup originally for the Canadians in the playoffs, and then they inserted in him, him in in what what type of kid he he's going to become. Uh, he brought so much energy into this lineup. Um, he was present in every single game. You always knew where he was. His size did not seem to be a problem at all. The biggest question is, can he do it with his size? Yes, he can. He's phenomenal. Uh, he had 12 points, which was third on the team. And uh, if you saw that goal he scored uh, against the Vegas Old Knights with that move over Shea Theodore, just chipped the puck up over his stick, went around him and took it short side. Obviously, his shot is phenomenal. Cole Caulfield, quite the player, obviously will be on the team next year. Should be very exciting. The Canadians have a have a pretty bright future with the young talent they have. Um, obviously, some older players like Eric Stahl and Corey Perry, who will be UFAs, see if they resign with the Canadians. Um, we'll get more into that in some other episode. But what a phenomenal run by the Montreal Canadiens. Overall, this playoffs I thought was very exciting and an entertaining run. We had the underdogs of the Canadians and the Islanders who surprised me in making it a deep run. Obviously, we had the Leafs choking once again to the Montreal Canadiens in game seven and lost it. They had chance put it out. They were up by two goals. They couldn't do it. We had the Oilers get swept by the Jets, which... Some people saw coming saying McDavid can't do in the playoffs. I don't know if I would blame McDavid for that, but they did get swept. But then we saw how bad it, it looked for the Oilers, even worse when the Canadians went and swept the Jets. Um, obviously, having the fans back was the biggest thing, though, this playoffs. Um, having fans for the playoffs is really what makes that playoff atmosphere. Uh, last season, some players said it didn't feel the same and that it didn't feel like a playoff game for them, probably because of the fans and the atmosphere. But it was just great to have fans back and hopefully next season get back on track to have an 82-game season. So now we can move on to the end of the season awards where we will be seeing how my predictions uh, had turned out from the beginning of the season of who would win the trophies. Uh, we obviously had the trophy award winners announced. So the first trophy is going to be the Calder Memorial, which is given to the Rookie of the Year. My prediction was Alexi Lafreniere. He got out to kind of a rough, uh, slow start. And my second pick was Kirill Kaprizov, who did end up winning it. Obviously, people have problem with that, him being 24. I don't see a problem with it at all. It's his rookie year. It counts for him. He finished with 27 goals and 24 assists for 51 points for the Minnesota Wild. Um, he won it. He deserved it. He was phenomenal. He turned that Minnesota Wild team around. He's the reason they were in the playoffs. They looked very good, were threatening Vegas, did get knocked out in six games, though. Or, yeah, um, but very good on the Wild. Actually, I believe it was seven games. It was seven games at the Wild and knocked out on. The next trophy we have is the Maurice Richard, which is given to the player who scores the most goals. Now, my prediction was Austin Matthews and Look at that. It was Austin Matthews who won it. Um, he had a phenomenal season as well. A phenomenal regular season, I'll say. 
Uh, he scored 41 goals in 52 games, meaning he was on pace for 64 goals, which is just insane. Um, if the season had won 82 games, um, he was on pace to get that 60 plus, which is not easy. And only two other active players have done it in Steven Stamkos, who scored 60 in 2011 and 2012, and Alexander Ovechkin with 65 in 2007 and 2008. Now we have the Art Ross, which is awarded to the player who gets the most points in the season. My prediction was probably one of the favorites, Nathan McKinnon, but it ended up being Connor McDavid. Uh, he finished with 105 points, which I've talked about so much and how insane that is compared to other people, especially with the season being shortened. McDavid is quite the player. I know he didn't get it done in the playoffs, I, I'm not blaming McDavid for that. You can't expect one player to carry the entire team. People are saying he's not a playoff performer. He, had, he put up some pretty good numbers in the four games that they played, I guess you could say. Um, I would not be blaming McDavid. Um, I think you put him on a better team, and he, he would help and amplify that team. People were arguing that uh, Sidney Crosby. I'll get it. Actually, I'll get into that later because that goes with something else. Um, but he gets the Art Ross for the most points in the season. Next trophy is a Selkie, which is awarded to the best defensive forward in the league. Um, my prediction was Patrice Bergeron. He's kind of a safety pick to go. He gets nominated every year. I think he got it for his eight. He got nominated for his eighth straight year as a finalist. Um, the winner was Alexander Barkov of the Florida Panthers, a phenomenal player. He averaged 20 minutes and 56 seconds time on ice, which is just over a period of playing 54.9% um, face-off percentage, which ranked eighth in the league, and he had 38 takeaways on the season. Alexander Barkov, a phenomenal player. Um, I wouldn't call it a breakout year, but he really did have a very, very good year alongside Jonathan Huberdeau. Um, and very young player entering into his prime uh, is really going to help amplify this Florida Panthers team, a part of that core of him, Huberdeau and Ekblad. Next, we have the James Norris, which is awarded to the best defenseman, uh, best overall defenseman in the league. My prediction was John Carlson, who I thought got kind of snubbed last year, and uh, I thought he might have had a bounce-back season. He did all right, but the winner was clearly Adam Fox, who was contending with Victor Hedman. Adam Fox, he did have a breakout year this year, um, he finished with 47 points. It was just phenomenal. Now the Rangers finished just short, but this Rangers team is getting ready to threaten. They have great young talent alongside of Artemi Panarin, who honestly could have easily gotten MVP again this year. He was contending last year. I think it's just them not making the playoffs is what's kind of holding them back. But this New York Rangers team is turning out very well. Got lots of young talent. Who knows if they go for Jack Eichel? I'm, I don't think they will. I think it would be too big an asking price for them. They have so many good players. Um, but yeah, and having Adam Fox break out like that, he was a true, true number one defenseman for them. And then finally for uh, player, oh no, secondly for players, uh, we have the Vesna, which goes to the best goalie in the league. Now I predicted it would be Robin Lehner of the Vegas Golden Knights. And wouldn't you know it, it was Marc-Andre Fleury of the Vegas Golden Knights. Lehner was out with injuries. Um, I thought he was going to step up in that Vegas team. And I thought with their great defense, he would be helping out. But no, Fleury is not done. 
he's aging like fine wine. He was 26 and 10 with a 0.928 save percentage and a 0.988, or excuse me, 0.98 goals against. That is just phenomenal season. Flurry, I don't know what they were doing in the playoffs. I still question that. I would have just stuck it out with Flurry for the whole playoffs. But obviously, they want to integrate Robin Lehner because he's probably going to take over. Are they going to trademark Andre Flurry? I don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, but yeah, so that's that's how it was. And then finally, we have the Hart Trophy, which I predicted was going to go to Nathan McKinnon, and it went to McDavid deservedly. So, and there was people saying this is what I'm talking about. People were saying it should be Sidney Crosby. They're saying he led a really bad team in there. And um, I don't know. I mean, the Penguins obviously weren't a great team and he led them to number one. Um, but people were saying McDavid doesn't deserve it. And they're like, oh, McDavid's just going to go out in the first round and watch Crosby lead his team. Well, Crosby went out in the first round. I have no problem. Plus, it's a, it's a, it's a, excuse me, it's a regular season award. Playoffs do not matter. Obviously, standings matter. People said Crosby was more valuable. Um, and I guess I could see that, but I think with the season McDavid had, you, you, can't, you can't deny it. Um, and finally, that's it for player awards. And finally, we have the Jack Adams, which is given to the best coach of the year. Um, my guess was going to be Sheldon Keefe of Toronto. Obviously, I shouldn't be backing Toronto, but they did have a good regular season. Um, and they came first in the Canadian division, but it went to Rod Brindamore of the Carolina Hurricanes, who I think deservedly should have won that. And he could have won it last year as well, which is kind of something that people take into consideration as well, uh, that they went 36-12-8, and eight, topped the Central over the Tampa Bay Lightning. That probably helped too. They had the Lightning and the Stars the two former teams in the Stanley cup. Uh, he's really turned around that team and they've got a great youth core and uh, they're still knocking on the door, trying to make it to the finals. Um, I think they're going to make it very, very soon. Um, they still, they have to re-sign Dougie Hamilton, his contracts coming up, but I, I really like that Carolina team. And I think Rod Brindamore has been phenomenal with them. So that is going to do it for this episode as we conclude the 2021 season and season one of top shelf thank you all so much for listening and for listening all through season one and stay tuned because we will have another episode out tomorrow follow me here on spotify and i'll catch you all for season two of top shelf